in a series called Just Ask. Today, our title of my talk is Lord, Open Doors. Lord, Open Doors. There's a story of a little boy who was in the grocery store with his mother. And like a lot of kids, I know my kid, uh, he enjoyed sweets. And my oldest son, he could eat sweets every day of the week for every meal if we let him. And this little boy was walking down the grocery aisle with his mother. And he asked his mother, Mother, would you buy me a box of chocolate chip cookies? His mother said no. And as they continued to walk down another aisle, his mother asked, or his, the, the boy asked his mother again, Mother, would you buy me a box of chocolate chip cookies? His mother said no. And they went down the next aisle in the grocery store. And he was going to be very persistent, so he asked a couple of more times, Mom, would you buy me a box of chocolate chip cookies? And the mother said no a couple of more times. And as they walked down the next aisle, the boy is a little frustrated now. And so he begins to scream. In the name of Jesus, would you buy me a box of chocolate chip cookies? The mother looked at him and rolled her eyes. She said no. But that boy walked at that store with 25 boxes of chocolate chip cookies because everybody else in that store heard him screaming for a box of chocolate chip cookies in the name of the Lord. <laughs> well, we're in a series called Just Ask. And we're not talking about chocolate chip cookies. But we are talking about talking to our Heavenly Father. And asking him for some things. The key scripture for this series is found over in First Chronicles chapter four and verse nine. First Chronicles chapter four and verse nine through ten. We're studying the prayer of Jabez. The word of God says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. If you missed last week, that, that's what I talked about last week. I would encourage you to drop out in the lobby and pick up a CD or hop online. You can listen uh, to the messages for free or download them on, on your iPod. But I talked about, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would bless me, Lord, big time. And today I want to zoom in right here on this next portion and enlarge my territory. Over the next couple of weeks, we're also going to deal with that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. That's where we get this series from, just as God granted him what he requested. God, he, he, he answered this man's prayer because he was willing to ask. Jabez, notice, he asked the Lord to enlarge his territory. And what that simply means is Jabez was asking God for more land. Jabez had owned a piece of land, but he was asking God, God, would you give me more land? Would you expand my boundaries? Would you enlarge my territory and give me more property? And Jabez, he was simply saying this to the Lord, Lord, I believe I can handle more. <laughs> God, would you give me more? Lord, give me more. And some of you would say, Herbert, isn't that a very selfish prayer that Jabez prayed? Not at all. It's only selfish if you have the wrong motives. And Jabez didn't have the wrong motives. He had very pure motives. And he said, Herbert, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says in verse number nine, now Jabez was more 
honorable. He was an honorable man. He was a man who had a heart for God. He was an upright man. He was a man of integrity. Jabez was an honorable man. So, so his motives were pure. And, and Jabez, his, this was simply his motives. He said, Lord, if you'll enlarge my territory, if you'll give me more, I'll use it in a way that will honor you. Lord, I'm asking you that, that you would help me be more and that you would give me more that I can use it for you. I'm not asking it for me. I'm asking, Lord, that I could use it for you to have a greater impact for your kingdom's sake. And friends, can I tell you that every follower of Christ should be praying that very prayer. Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, give me more that I can have a greater impact for your kingdom. Lord, bless me with more that I can leverage it to influence more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. We all should be praying that prayer. And there's a couple of specific things that I, I want to zoom in on. You say, say, Herbert, what specifically should we be praying? I mean, what does that really mean, enlarge my territory? In practical terms, what does that mean? Well, let's jump into it. I want to show you two things today that Jabez meant when he prayed that prayer. We should all be praying that prayer. Just ask for, number one is this, just ask God for more finances. Jot that down right there in your sermon notes. More finances. You see, when Jabez asked God to enlarge his territory, he was asking God to bless him financially. I mean, that's the very root of what he was asking for. God, would you bless me financially? He prayed, God, give me more property. God, give me more assets. God, give me more revenue. God, give me more income. God, give me more stuff that I could use it to have a greater impact upon your kingdom. And some of you are thinking, Herbert, <laughs> Is it really okay? I got that Jabez asked God for more financial blessings. But today in the 21st century, is it really okay for us to ask God to bless us financially? I mean, Herbert, can I, can I really do that? Absolutely, yes. As long as you have the right motives. You see, Jabez, not only did he ask God for more blessing, ask God for more property, ask God for more financial blessing, but I want you to notice that this is the kicker. This is where it all hinges. Not only did Jabez ask, but verse 10 says this, that God granted his request. God was not intimidated, bothered, or put off by his request. It's okay when you have the right motives to ask the Lord to bless you in the financial arena of your life. Matter of fact, James chapter 4 and verse number 2 and 3 says this. I read this to you last week, but we want to shed some new light on this scripture that, that I did not bring out last week. The scripture says you want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have, notice this, you do not have because you do not ask God. Verse 3, I want to zoom in here for a few moments. When you ask, ask for what? <laughs> What's James talking about? What, what, what are we supposed to be asking God for? What, what's the context of this portion of Scripture? Well, well, what James is talking about is finances. He's talking about financial blessings. When you ask, you say, Herbert, how do you know that? Well, let's continue to read. You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend. Everybody say, Spend. He's talking about Monday. That you may spend, when you ask for more money, for more property, for more territory, you're asking with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. 
and freeze. That's what happens to so many people is they have wrong motives. And they never enter into receiving all that God wants to bless them with and to enlarge their territory because they think God blesses them just for them. And I want you to hear me today. If you're a follower of Christ, God blesses you to be a blessing. He enlarges your territory to be a blessing. And we miss out when we start focusing just on us and just, and we become, we, we, God's trying to flow uh, his blessings through our life and we put up a dam and we block it and say, it's just for me, it's just for me. And, and God's not able to, to flow his blessings. We're supposed to be a channel, a reservoir where his blessings can flow through us to be a blessing to others. And Jabez was simply praying, Lord, enlarge my territory, not just for my sake so that I can take care of my family. Yes, that is my responsibility, but enlarge my territory so that I can also be a blessing, that I can have a kingdom impact. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to pray this prayer. Listen, if you're a business owner and we have business owners in in this church, I want to challenge you to pray this prayer. Lord, bless my business. Lord, give me more revenue. Give me more income in my business. And Lord, I'm not asking you to do this just for me, but I'm asking you to bless my business. I'm asking you to enlarge my territory because God is my desire that we would feed the poor. Lord, if you bless my business, there are kids that don't have any shoes and clothes. And Lord, I'll provide clothing. Lord, if you bless my business, I'm going to make a kingdom impact to see lives change for your honor and glory. I challenge you if you work in sales, your job is a commission's job, I challenge you to pray this prayer. Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, bless myself. I mean, if you're doing business God's way and you're handling your finances God's way, I challenge you to pray. Lord, would you funnel your blessings through my life? And not just for me, Lord. I'm asking you to bless me that I can reach more people who are far away from God. That I can support missions and send missionaries and support people and build hospitals in Africa. I'm asking you to bless me so that I can support the local church and reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. God, I'm asking you to bless me that I can be a blessing. I challenge you, if you work for a company, I challenge you to begin to pray, Lord, give me a raise. Lord, Lord, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. And God, I'm not asking just for me. Yes, I want to take care of my family, but God, I'm asking you to bless me that I could be a blessing. Lord, I realize that this is just temporary. This thing, that things on this earth are just, are just temporal. I realize I'm only going to be here 60, 70, 80 years. And so God, I'm asking you to bless me that I can have an eternal impact upon the lives and hearts of people. Lord, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. I challenge you to pray that prayer. And let me just test you right now. Let me just test your motives. If God began to bless you this week with $1,000 a month, starting this week, $1,000 a month, you had $1,000 more revenue of income every single month, what would you do with it? Oh, some of you are already planning your shopping trip to Dillard. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's why God's not going to bless you. <laughs> You got, you got wrong motives. You don't want to make a kingdom impact. You, you, you're asking God to bless you just for you. But listen, we're called to be a blessing. God wants to bless us to be a blessing. Lord, bless me indeed and enlarge my territory so that I can have a greater kingdom impact. And God granted his request. There's a second thing that I want you to see that Jabez meant when he prayed this prayer. Just ask God for, number two is this, more influence. More influence. 
when Jabez prayed for God to enlarge his territory, he was also asking God for more influence. He was simply saying this, God, my, my prayer is this, Lord, that you would give me more land, that you would give me more responsibility, Lord, that you would give me more to manage, Lord, that you would give me more to oversee. If you'll give me more responsibility, more influence, I'll leverage it for your kingdom. You see, Jabez understood the more land and property that he had, the more people he could employ, the more people who could be out in the fields and he could have influence over their life as they were sowing seed and, and getting a harvest of crops and selling it to those in the community. Jabez realized the more land that he owned, the more influence that he would have with his circle of friends in the community. Community. Jabez realized more property, more influence, more responsibility, more influence. Lord, enlarge my territory. Give me more influence, and I'll leverage it for your kingdom's sake. When's the last time you prayed that prayer? God, enlarge my territory. Listen, every follower of Christ should be praying that prayer. Lord, give me more influence. Lord, give me more responsibility. Lord, give me more to manage, and I'll use it to have a kingdom impact. When's the last time you asked the Lord to give you more influence in your home? Some of you have an unsaved spouse. You have kids that are not serving the Lord. When's the last time you said, God, give me more influence in my home that I can influence my spouse to want to serve you and to want to live for you? God, give me more influence in my home that my kids who don't know you, that I can influence them toward you. They would see my life. Give me influence that they would listen to my guidance and listen to my direction, that they would respect me. When's the last time you prayed that? I mean, you got unsaved cousins, grandpa, grandma, uncles, aunts, and you're going to see them at Thanksgiving. Lord, give me more influence that my unsaved relatives, when they see me, I would have influence, Lord. And if you'll give me that kind of influence with my family, I'll leverage it for your kingdom's sake. When's the last time that you pray, God, give me more responsibility at my workplace? I'm not asking for less responsibility. I'm asking for more. Bless me with more influence at my workplace. God, give me the promotion. Lord, give me the raise. Lord, make me the CEO. And Lord, if you'll give me that kind of influence, I'll leverage it to have a kingdom impact. Wow. Lord, I'll influence people. If you bless me in that kind of way, I'll use it to influence the employees. I'll use it to influence those around me for your kingdom's sake. When's the last time that you asked God to give you more influence in the community, to give you more responsibility, to give you more authority to manage? God, make me the president of the company. Lord, put, put, put me over the chamber of commerce. Lord, put me, Lord, I, I, let me be the president of this organization or group. Lord, let me be the head of the school board. Lord, give me influence. Lord, give me respect. Enlarge my territory. And God, if you'll enlarge my territory, I'll use the influence to leverage it to see more men and women to give their hearts to Jesus Christ. I'll use this power, this influence, this responsibility to point men and women to you. Listen, friends. We need to be praying, God, enlarge our territory, in our church, in our homes, in our community, in our workplace, that we could use that influence to point men and women to Jesus Christ. And Jabez prayed, Lord, bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory. And God granted his request. Here's the struggle. Here's the dilemma. Here's the problem in this place today. I can see it on some of your faces. As you're thinking, Herbert... God doesn't want to bless me like that. <laughs> I mean, maybe my neighbor, but I don't know that really God wants to give me that kind of influence. I don't know that God really wants to bless me with more. I mean, not me, Herbert. Why do those thoughts enter our mind? 
Why are some of you thinking that right now? There's no way that God wants to bless me like that. There's no way God wants to make me the head. There's no way God wants to enlarge my... Why, why do those thoughts funnel into your mind, into your heart? Let me tell you what we have to do. We have to overcome some mindsets. Some of you in this place have some mindsets that are hindering you from receiving and being all that God wants you to be. And I want to give you three mindsets that you have to overcome. Three mindsets that you have to overcome. Number one is this. I I want to put a positive spin on these points. Number one is this. God will enlarge your territory in spite of your past. Everybody say past. Come on, say it again. Past. I want that to sink into your heart. God will enlarge your territory in spite of your past. So many people never ask God to enlarge their territory. They never expect God to enlarge their territory because of their past. Past sins past mistakes, past failures, and now we don't feel like we're worthy to receive from the Lord. And we all have this in common. Don't miss this. We all have this one thing in common. We all have a past. We all have a past. We've all made mistakes. We all have had failures. But here's the problem. You have to stop letting your failures and your mistakes and your past sins define who you are. Some of you have done that. Your mistakes have, they have paralyzed you and they have defined who you are. And hear me today, you may have made some mistakes, but you're not a mistake. You may have had some failures, but you're not a failure. Listen, God wants to use you to, to, for, to have a greater kingdom impact. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare disqualify yourself because of your past. The past sins. The past mistakes. The past failures. Listen, God has a track record of using people in spite of their past. He has a track record of enlarging people's territory in spite of their past. I think the Apostle Paul is the greatest example in the Word of God. We see in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, as Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit, he penned these words. He says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of who I am the worst. Paul said, doesn't get any worse than me. (laughs) I was a sinner. I was a wretched sinner. I'm the worst sinner that's ever walked the planet. Let me tell you, Paul had a very messed up past. Did you realize that Paul was a killer? Not only just a killer, but his mission was to kill God's people. He was trying to take, I mean, can you imagine somebody that's always after you and I trying to kill us because we serve the Lord? Trying to burn down our house and burn down our church and shoot us and kill us and run. I mean, just because, I mean, that was Paul. His mission was, he was evil. His heart was full of evil. And he wanted to kill God's people, and he was doing it. He was killing God's people. He was taking them out. This was an evil man. He says, of who I am, the worst of sinners, in verse 16 says, but for that very reason, for the very reason that I was the worst of sinners, I was shown mercy so that in me I could be an example, that the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Paul says, listen, I've become a great example that God can use somebody in spite of their past. Friends, can I tell you something about the Lord? He's a God that forgives. He's a God of a second chance. 
He's a God of unlimited patience. And God will take your past and He'll forgive you, change your heart, change your perspective, and then He'll enlarge your territory that you can have more influence. Can I tell you that Paul had great influence? God took this man who had a horrible past. He washed away his sins. He changed his life. And the Apostle Paul, when he was alive, he planted churches for the Lord. He raised up pastors and leaders. He, he saw miracles through his ministry. And the Apostle Paul, not only did he have influence back then, he still has influence today. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Listen, God has a track record of taking somebody who has a messed up past and using them for his honor and for his glory, don't you dare disqualify yourself because of your past. Lord, enlarge my territory in spite of my past. Number two is this. I'm going to fool around and preach my own self happy today. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Number two is this. God will enlarge your territory in spite of your pain. In spite of your pain. And last week we learned that the name Jabez means pain or sorrow. Let me tell you something about Jabez. He was not a man who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. This guy had a tough road. This guy went through pain. I mean, his own mama named him pain or sorrow. Every time Jabez heard his name called, he was reminded of the pain that he brought his mama. He was reminded of the sorrow that he brought his family. I mean, in today's society, we would say this about Jabez. We would use this kind of vernacular. We would say, Jabez is a loser. I mean, God can't use that boy. He's a loser. We would say that in today's society, we would say, Jabez, he's a disgrace to his family. He's a disgrace to his mama. He brings pain and sorrow into his family's life. That boy is a disgrace. There's no way God can use him. And yet what I love about Jabez is he does not allow the pain in his life to limit his potential with God. You see, Jabez, even though he went through so much pain, Jabez decided, you know what? I've been through pain, but I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. And Jabez, a boy who's experienced pain, his name meant pain and sorrow. He just asked the Lord. He just simply asked God. God, in spite of my pain, would you bless me indeed? And would you enlarge my territory? And God blessed him and answered his request in spite of his pain. And some of you in this place, you have been through tremendous pain in your life, and you're allowing the pain that you've been through to paralyze you from the wonderful things that God wants to do in your life. Some of you are like Rachel. I love her testimony. Had an abortion. Blew it, messed up. Was in pain, was hurting because of that mistake. And yet she realized, I'm not going to let that pain stop me. She surrendered to the Lord. God did a work in our heart. And today, Rachel, Rachel is one of our key volunteers in our kids' ministry. Where three, four hundred kids come every weekend to worship the Lord. Because God has a way of using people and enlarging their territory and giving them influence in spite of their pain. Some of you listen to me. You, you, you're here today. And you're saying, Herbert, I've been abused. I've been raped. I've been laughed at. I've been talked about. I've been told you'll never be anything in your life. 
Some of you are here and nobody's ever believed in you. Nobody's ever believed you'd make anything of your life. You feel isolated. You feel all alone. You're going through pain. It was the divorce that ripped your heart into a million pieces. And you're here today and you're full of pain. And I'm simply telling you, listen, God's a God. He has a very good track record of taking people who are full of pain and healing their hearts and using their pain to be a blessing to others. And God will take your pain and he'll use it to minister to others that are hurting, going through exactly what you're going through. Listen, don't let your pain stop you from God enlarging your territory. God will enlarge your territory in spite of your pain if you'll let him. Number three, there's a third thing that I want you to see today. Number three is this. God would enlarge your territory in spite of your inadequacies. I mean, that, that's a mindset you have to overcome. So many Christ followers that they never ask, that they never expect God to enlarge their territory because they feel inadequate, that they, they don't feel like they have what it takes. And they look at their weaknesses. I mean, I know me, I look at my weaknesses. And, and you look at your weaknesses and you say, God, I mean, how are you going to enlarge my territory? I, I look at all my weaknesses. I look at my, my failures. I look at how, how inadequate that I am. And we, we say, God, I mean, how in the world can you use me? I'm not the smartest. I'm not the sharpest. I'm not the quickest. I'm not the brightest. How can you use my life in a great way? And we fight these thoughts. We fight these battles in our mind that there's no way that God can use my life. Some of you are sitting there right now and you're thinking that. I mean, God, how could you enlarge my territory and bless little old me? I mean, I'm just little old me. How in the world could you, you do that? And hear me today. If you're in this place and you feel like your weaknesses, you're too weak for God to use in a great way, you're a perfect candidate. If you feel too weak, you feel too inadequate, you are the perfect candidate for God to use. Because what God does is He takes ordinary people and He uses them in extraordinary ways. God takes weak people and He uses them in mighty ways. The Scripture says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 26 through verse number 29. It says, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Come on, think back to what you were when God called you, when He saved you, when He washed away your sins. I think back to when God called me and washed away my sins. He goes on to say, not many of you were wise by human standards. So when God called you, when God washed away your sins, you weren't all that smart. He goes on to say, not many were influential. He says, listen, you didn't have some powerful position. When God saved you and called you, most of you, you weren't very influential. He says, not many of you were of noble birth. You didn't come from royalty. You didn't come from the president's family. And I love this. He says, you weren't wise. You were influential. You didn't come, come from a noble birth. But, oh, I can preach right there. But, but God chose the foolish things. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're a foolish thing. Amen. Go ahead and tell them that. Come on, you're a foolish thing. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things. You feel weak. You feel inadequate. You're a perfect candidate because God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly. You feel lowly. You feel like you don't have what it takes. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. You feel despised. You feel stepped on. You feel like people have beaten you down. Listen, God chose the despised things and the things that are not to notify the things that are. You say, Pastor, why does God do that? Why does He choose weak things? Why does He choose people, choose people that 
are not necessarily the smartest, the brightest. Why does God choose people who are, are lowly and despised? I'll tell you why. Because of verse number 29. So that no one may boast before Him. God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. There's no way God should bless me indeed. I mean, I'm Jabez. I didn't come from royalty. My daddy and mama are not famous. Matter of fact, my daddy was never named in the Scripture, not even mentioned. I, didn't, I come from very humble beginnings. My mama didn't believe in me. She called me pain and sorrow. I mean, I'm the least likely candidate that God would bless indeed. I'm the least likely person that God would enlarge my territory. I'm just weak. I'm inadequate. I'm not the most gifted. I didn't come from a, uh, from, from a family of royalty. But yet, I simply just asked. Lord, bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory. And God granted his request. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word.